Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Eagle Nation. Appreciate you streaming in here to Birds 365. We've got two pretty good hours planned for you. In the immortal words of Cody Rhodes, <laughs> yes. I like it. Birds 365, what do you want to talk about? I think we've got a pretty good guess on what we're going to be talking about for the majority of the next uh, two hours. Cody Everybody Rhodes. Let's talk about Cody Rhodes. We'll, nah, we'll, we we'll put Cody on the back show. I'd, I'd we'll, rather. We'll just we use can't. his phrase to get yeah. us into Birds 365. We're going to talk about another young star, and that would be Jalen Hurts. Of course, Johnny Mac and I wrap up Birds 365 yesterday, about an hour or so afterwards. I think I'm watching the blacklist on the DVR, which I didn't get a chance to watch on Sunday night because I'm on the air. I'm catching up on some of my Sunday night TV viewing. 
and I get a text from John McMullen that Adam Schefter is reporting that the Philadelphia Eagles have extended Jalen Hurts at five years, $255 million, making him the average annual value highest paid player in the history of the National Football League. Not today, in the entire history of the National Football League. The deal gets done. Jalen will be here for years to come. Johnny Mack, what was the first thing you thought of when you heard the news? Uh, relief. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's over. Um, uh, you know, it was always when, not if, and when came earlier than even I expected. Um, and the Eagles got it done. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been saying it for a while. Both sides were, the Eagles were going to be fair. They were going to be in that 48 to 52 range and ended up at 51. Uh, Jalen wasn't going to be Kirk Cousins or, you know, trying to wring out every penny. He wasn't going to be Lamar Jackson saying, I need fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson money. It's just not his nature. That turned out to be the case. And they got it done, man. April 17th, um, very early in the process. And everybody's happy. And and they should be happy because it's a, it's a good deal for, for both sides. Um, and and long term, it's going to look really good for the Eagles when you start seeing <laughs> the salary cap going up. But we're going to have Brad Spielberger uh, on uh, in the second hour. It's big salary cap guy. He'll he'll be able to explain it really well. Um, it, it's interesting though because the cap numbers are really small, really small to the point where it's eye opening. Uh, for the first four years and you know a lot of people call it magic from Howie Roseman and Jake Rosenberg it's just accounting but it's interesting they found a way to be ahead of the curve again and I really give them credit because I was looking at you know Daniel Jones's cap numbers they're not even comparable players and the Giants the first two years are 21 million and 45 million for Daniel Jones the cap numbers. Now the Eagles had a little bit of an advantage because Jalen Hurts still had the Bono year in his rookie deal. So his cap number was, I think it was going to be 4.7 uh, this year. It, it It's only going up to 6.15, Jody. Mm-hmm. 6.15. And next year, 13.56. Uh, and then two years out, 21.77. And even three years out, 31.77, again, you're going to have this incremental increase in the salary cap, about $20 million a year. You, you, you know, the percentage of what he gets paid is going to look really low in four years. And then you're going to have a redo of the deal. I, 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 mean, I, I give them credit. They are, they are great accountants, um, and they have – you know, I thought they'd have a two-year window to keep building this team. They got a four-year window to keep building this team, which is pretty stinking impressive. And while I say that, you got to go build this team now because the quarterback helped you out. None of this, uh, we're going to go with Nicholas Morrow nonsense. You got to go build this team now. Might be trade. Obviously, you got a hit in draft picks. We all understand that. That's a that's evergreen in the NFL. Um, could be June first cuts. 
could be anything. You got to go build this team now. Agreed. They ratchet the pressure up on themselves, which is more of a good thing than a bad thing. Uh, but I got a question for you. What happened to June 1st? You had me sold that June 1st was this key transactional day, and it was more advantageous to wait till after June 1st than do it before June 1st. So I was buying what you were selling, and then he got the deal done in April. What the hell? Well, they didn't need to wait till June 1st. Typically, you need to. Um, and, you know, I probably put too much weight on, on Carson Wentz and when they signed Carson Wentz and I looked back and I said, well, they're probably going to do what they did then. Because remember at the time, I, I believe, I, I believe he was the highest paid player of all time at that point for a very short period. period and then and Jalen very, will be too. Jalen will yeah. be the highest paid player oh, in the NFL as soon as, as soon as Justin Herbert goes, as soon as this is the floor now for Justin Herbert and and Joe Burrow and and Lamar Jackson and Joe of that is going to get the most of those three. But um and 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 in hindsight, look, people you know, they didn't need to wait till June first. So they didn't wait till June first. And you know, I probably put too much on, you know, maneuvering other contracts when they didn't have to maneuver other contracts uh, because, you know, they're not getting extra money from cutting people. So they didn't need to. And they got it done early. Now, part of it is also I thought, you know, Jalen might wait a little bit as well, you know, and there's no there's no hurry, um, you know, despite some of the narratives of, it's got to get done. It didn't have to get done on April 17th from anybody's perspective. I went back and looked at Kyler Murray. His got, I, I talked about those two windows. I talked about June 1st to June 10th. And if not that, the 10 days before training camp, that's when Kyler signed. But the Eagles are ahead of the curve on this kind of stuff. And they went first. They wanted to go first. That's something I hit on because going first is cheaper than going last. And they know that. Now, at the end of the day, it's all about the player. It's all about the evaluation of the player. If he fails on the field, it's not going to look good. But if he keeps playing like he played last season, people are going to be very, very happy with this deal very, very quickly. Agreed. Um, all right, well, we got 10 minutes here before we punch up Mikey Miss. I'm going to take off uh, all the Eagle fans here. <laughs> it, 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 for the next four years, it's a phenomenal deal. Uh, we talked prior to him actually getting it done and signing it. Will it be a player-friendly deal or will it be a team-friendly deal? Which way is this one going to cut? Well, right now, you've got to say it's a player-friendly deal because he's the highest-paid player in the National Football League. You don't become the highest-paid player in your game and not think it's a player-friendly deal. It's not a team-friendly deal yet. Oh, it could be. It could become a team-friendly deal if Jalen Hurts stays at that MVP-type level that he played at this year for the salary cap hits they're going to have for the next four years. It's it's almost unfathomable the way they've structured this contract, how good this contract could be. But that's dependent on Jalen Hurts staying Jalen Hurts 2002 level. And the other thing that can make it a team-friendly deal is, as we just talked about, what happens with Burrow and what happens with Herbert. When they go above and beyond, and Jalen is the highest-paid quarterback, highest-paid player in the history of the National League, 
for a couple of months. It, it just brings his contract back down into the team-friendly range. But we're not there yet. It, it's a Jalen-friendly deal now, which could become an Eagle-friendly deal. And where it could really go badly for the Philadelphia Eagles is, in the last two years of the deal, the cap number that the Eagles are looking at it again, this is a projection. We got Brad Spielberger on. Let's see if he's got the same type numbers. I was using guys who are on his over the cap uh, website that the Eagles are scheduled as of now, if this plays out to owe Jalen Hurts on the cap, $81 million in the fourth year of his deal. That can't happen. You can't, even if the cap gets up to near $300 million, you can't have a player on the books for $81 million. You just can't. So you immediately think, well, they'll just renegotiate. They'll rip up the contract. They'll renegotiate. What happens if Jalen Hurts isn't the same player? What happens if Jalen Hurts, and this is highly unlikely, but you can't say it's impossible, decides you know, I want to tr- test that free agency thing. It was nice. I bought my uh, family all homes and everything. Got a great deal from the Eagles. Had a great time. But I want to go try my wares someone else. What if he doesn't want to do a contract extension with the Eagles? The Eagles are screwed. They, they're like in a hole. We thought that the Carson Wentz hole no. that they couldn't jump out of. My partner, Johnny Mack, Andrew Brandt, a guy whose opinion I uh, trust with almost anybody, finances and football, said, there's no way they'll do that. Oh, yeah, they jumped down into that hole, and they did. They took the dead cap hit. If that was a big hole, this is the Grand Canyon. You can't get out of this hole. 81 and change million dollars. So even if you say, well, no, 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 they'll get a deal done. John. What player in the history of the National Football League has more leverage for the next contract negotiation than Jalen Hurts? Knowing full well that the Eagles have to redo his deal just to restructure it, to get an $81 million cap hit off the books, who's going to be in better leverage position than Jalen Hurts three years from now? Um, it, it, One... This is a you know it's hard to explain. I wrote this on Sports Illustrated. Yeah, it it is um, it is tough to explain when you have the largest contract from some metrics, not from some others, not for some other more important ones to be honest, but largest contract from average annual value in NFL history. It's tough to explain to a fan that that's a team friendly deal. It's a team friendly deal. Um, from the accounting perspective, which is what this is, like if you're if you're Jeffrey Lurie and you're judging Jake Rosenberg and his job because he's in charge of this stuff, um, the Carson I always say the Carson Wentz deal today today was a good deal from his perspective, from his job description. From his perspective, what his job is, not from a football perspective, from his job, from an accounting perspective, it's still a great deal today. That's why he doesn't get any crap for the Carson Wentz deal. Now, the football people, they screwed that up. Carson screwed that up. Different conversation. This deal 
and and Brad and and I don't have the details of those final years yet. I don't think anybody does. If they did, I just speculate. They got them this. Yeah, they yeah, got over them the this morning. Speculating. Um, it but you but those final two years on the extension are going to be massive uh, uh, cap numbers, which indicates that that's the crux. That's the point where the deal is going to get something's going to be done with the deal. If you want to play the pessimistic aspect of it, if you go, you bring up uh, Andrew and I a lot that offseason saying Jeffrey Lurie's not going to, what we said was Jeffrey Lurie's not going to be the guy who sets that precedent. That's what we both said. That's what we both believed. And that's where we were both wrong. You know, Jeffrey wasn't very popular for doing that. Now, luckily, Jimmy Haslam came along and blew him out of the water from pissing fellow owners off. And now it's kind of a footnote. <laughs> but I forget what the number was. It was some outrageous number. Like 30, 30, 31 and change. 31, 31, somewhere in that range. So remember, 31, whatever year that was, it, the cap right now is 224. 4.8 um i'd have to look back at what it was there it's generally going to go up about uh 20 million a year so if it goes to 244 264 284 304 324 by by the fifth year that would be 304 if it if it holds to where we think it's going to go so that 30 what you did can turn into that's the new 80. No, well, John, 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 John. It's gone up about 40% from the year that Carson did it. So you had 40% to 30, and you're at about 48, 49. No, you're you're right, but the cap is going up because of the new deal. It's going up further than it was. It's going up for it's 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 going to go up projected. Again, barring a pandemic or uh, a collapse, as I mentioned, in, in the economy, um, which, you know, Jeffrey Lurie will be worried about bigger things, to be honest, than uh, Jalen Hurts' contract uh, as a billionaire. Uh, other than societal collapse or, 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 as I said, another pandemic, and I think we've learned enough that we're not going to shut down the world uh, for the next pandemic. Hopefully it never happens, but I think we've learned enough uh, that that's not going to happen. So barring some kind of catastrophe, um, that that it, it's not it's not apples to oranges is is what I'm trying to say. Uh, not apples to apples. It's apples to oranges. But moving forward, how many times are we going to question Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts ain't that guy. Jalen Hurts ain't that guy. Now. Things can go bad from a football perspective. He can get hurt. Um, he cannot play well. Um, he, he could not be at the point where you want to pay him that kind of money. All of that stuff can happen. As far as him being leverage, Mr. Leverage guy, it ain't going to happen. He's proven it here. He's proven it in his career. He's going to continue to prove it. He does. He really wants to win. So that part I'm not concerned about. And so if you go back to the football stuff, which is the most important stuff, all right, here, here's the question. Here's the question I'll throw back at you, Jody. 
this is the cost of doing business at the quarterback position in the NFL. You, you have to pay him or you don't pay him and you go in a different direction or you go in a different direction with the player. So what's your best option? You either, if you want to pay him, it becomes what's your best option? What's your best vehicle to get him the going rate to do business at this particular position? They, and from they that paid perspective, him, they, the Eagles they paid him what job. they had to pay him. They, yeah. he earned the money. They, this is not an outrageous somebody stretch of the imagination that he becomes the highest paid quarterback. We've seen it happen enough times over the last several years. Well, the new guy's the new now, and then then see top of the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy. And Jalen was the second best quarterback in the National Football League this year, and he was that much behind Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. He got paid what he was supposed to get paid. The Eagles paid him. He took what he was deserving. I got no issue with that. I am questioning the accounting, and that's why we're having Brad Spielberg on, because he can explain it better than I can. But what the Eagles have done here in the way that I understand the cap is, you compared it to Daniel Jones and the way the Giants laid his money out and the fact that he's going to count $45 million against the cap in his second year. Jalen Hurts is only going to be counting 30. In his fourth year of a new deal. Well, how the hell did something like that happen? The Eagles are laughing in the face. The Eagles are laughing in the face of the doomsday scenario. The Giants are. are spreading the cost out. They're going to take their hits as they go because, oh, by the way, they should because Daniel Jones is a much uh, less safer bet as Jalen Hurts is. But they don't want to be left holding the bag. If the worst case scenario happens, if let's say, and again, I apologize in advance, Eagle fans, all the guys listening on the stream, I'm not predicting this. I'm not projecting this at all. But what happens if Jalen Hurts is Carson Wentz 2.0 and he gets hurt and he's not the same player he used to be? And we're three years into this deal and the Eagles are looking at an $81 million dead cap hit when they want someone else to be their quarterback. They're killing themselves. That's what they're doing. They're they're saying, we want to cash these chips for the next four years. Johnny McMullen is right. We got a four-year window to take down a Super Bowl, if not multiple Super Bowls. But if we don't, and Jalen gets hurt, and we're sitting in year four here, and he's the 21st-ranked quarterback in the National Football League, we're screwed. And we know we're screwed and we don't have a back door out. We have to take this massive, unbelievable off the charts. Never been even thought about the national football league hit again. That that's my down. That's the only knock I have on the contract. They are taking the future risk and flushing it and saying we don't care. We want to take advantage of these next four years. We're going to take our big time shot here in the next four years. Now, there's a very good chance that it's going to Jalen's going to stay right where he is and they're going to be fine and they can continue on. And we can talk about him on birds in uh, 2033. But there is the possibility of that downside risk. That's where that's the only downside to this deal. That's, is that's a Eagles. football. That is that is the football guys. It's a collaborative organization. Jake Rosenberg got his information. They gave him his information. They got to be right. What I'm saying is he did his job. His job's over. Now the football people are on the clock. He did his job, Correct. and he did his job well. And more power to Jake Rosenberg. That's why he's going to stay employed. But now the football happens. And either his job will become that much better, or there is a doomsday scenario here that 
could really jump up and bite the Eagles in the butt. I'm not predicting it. I don't think it's going to happen. You need me to go on the record and say, I don't believe this is going to happen. I'll do that right now. But it is a possibility of smaller percentages, that is. All right, uh, we've been breaking down the Jalen Hurts contract plenty. We're going to do it with Mike Missinelli next. I uh, reached out to Mike. Say, hey, Mike, we haven't had you on since the Super Bowl. We need you on Birds 365. Little did I know that Jalen Hurts' contract was going to yeah. get signed. Thank you, Eagles, for making the Mike Missinelli appearance that much more important. He joins us next here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Guys, here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald, we are joined by Mikey Miss, our host from the Eagle pre uh, postgame show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, longtime Philadelphia football opinion guy. Mikey Miss, how you been? How's the uh, winter slash early spring treating you? 
Good morning, guys. Uh, now that the weather's gotten a little warmer, it's great. You finally get outside. You can do some things. Uh, a little chilly today. But, uh, boy, isn't it good to be a quarterback. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, man. And, yeah. and I'll tell you something else. It's good to be a quarterback's agent. Because uh, Nicole Lynn just uh, scraped 7.2 mil. Yeah. 3% right of that, that bad boy. Money, and it could be more for her. And I'll yeah. tell you right now, I'm lamenting my career choice, fellas. I thought, well, you know, I, I'm impressed you brought the sports jacket uh, for us. So it looks like you just got uh, $255 million. Yeah, I was on a, a TV show earlier this morning talking about this as well on, on, on Fox. So this is the only reason, John. Nice, nice. I, see, you should have told us. You should have lied and said, but you did it for us. <laughs> oh, I dressed up for you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um. What? All right, first thoughts. We'll say that. I, I mean – I mean, really, they had no other choice to get yeah. this done. I mean, what were the choices? Did they let him play on that last year of a contract after a guy took him to the Super Bowl? They was in hell to pay uh, from, from you know, contention, and, and, and maybe he wouldn't have played on the last year of a contract. But once Daniel, Daniel Jones got $45 million, what were they going to do? It may have been the easiest <laughs> negotiation ever for an agent, right? You know, let's yeah. start at $50 million, and we'll see what we can add, like a no-trade clause or – uh, guaranteed money and all this kind of t- stuff. And he, and he got it. And that's the price of being a quarterback. I heard you say it, John. The quarterback lives high these days. Uh, you, you can't hit the quarterback. Now they've got a special helmet they designed for the quarterback. And he that's makes true. $50 million plus if he's a premier guy. So it's, you know, there, there's no choice. They didn't have a choice. Mikey, uh, you mentioned an aspect of the contract, the no trade clause. It's a really nice gesture by the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's added to the mix for them to further say, man, we love this kid. We love everything about this kid. He is, we want him to represent our franchise. Shoot, he could be a face of the league type guy, face of uh, the NFL. But it really is pretty irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah, the way they've structured this contract, they couldn't trade him if they wanted to. Yeah, Yeah, because nobody's going to take that heap. Probably, uh, and if you're going to trade him, it means he he will have not played well. So I don't know what his market value would be. You're right; it's probably a, a non-entity. Yeah, but, I called but, it I mean, ceremonial. I think yeah, it's it, it, ceremonial. Beauty of it, because she just could have added stuff. <laughs> she decided to add a no trade clause, like she had him over a barrel. Now this cap thing, I thought I knew the cap, Jody. I heard you talk about that. I I do not understand the chapter numbers at all. Um, on, on how uh, that cap hit is so low. It's amazing. It is amazing. Uh, Somebody's going to have to really explain that to me. I, I, I know that a lot of it is probably, you know, backloaded and they're anticipating that the salary cap's going to go up and up and up and it's not, and a big cap hit in four years from now is not going to be that big of a deal because the cap's so high and maybe they get a bargain on the price of the quarterback, but I just don't understand how, uh, how those Schefter numbers would apply. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it is um, much lower than even I expected. I, I thought the first two years were going to be pretty low from expectations, but to get four years essentially where you can build a football team, I mean the Eagles have been ahead. Of, you got to give them credit, Mike. They've been ahead of the curve on this kind of stuff. You know, other teams have sort of followed, and we saw it with Kyler Murray. He had sort of lower cap numbers mm-hmm. for two years, and then you had the real big spike. And they found a way to finagle a little bit more. And we're going to have a cap guy on in an hour or two. 
and even I'm interested to see how and in, in, in his perception of what went on. Um, but from the they're they're ahead of the curve generally when it comes to this stuff. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. But like twenty one point seven seven million in the third year, and then just thirty one in the fourth. I I don't yeah. know how confused to that. I really yeah. don't. Unless you know this guaranteed money is somehow parceled in some kind of a signing bonus that's prorated. I I, I don't get it. Yeah. But listen, if these are the real numbers. They got some voidable years on the back end, as usual. I think they're the real numbers, but I I don't know if uh, I explained it well enough or if you want to accept. There's a doomsday scenario here. If he gets hurt, if he's not the quarterback that he was last year, at some point the Eagles are going to be looking at a worst-case scenario of an $80 million dead cap hit. Yeah, that's where it gets that bad, Mike. They're, They're... they're eschewing that. They're laughing at that. They're turning their nose up at that. And they'll probably never have to pay that bill. But if they do, it could be outrageous for them. See, to- they, don't, they don't think in those kind of terms they anymore, have, though, Jody. they got to risk they, something. They don't think of the doomsday scenario. They think of, like, their backs against the wall. This is what we have to do. It's almost like baseball when you give a 10-year contract. They're not thinking of that back end. You know, they're, they're going, okay, we, this is what it is now. And we'll worry about that later. And, and that's the mindset. And you know, for a quarterback, it, it's, you know, the landscape has changed uh, to the point where if you're a premier guy, well, what's Burrow going to get? Is Burrow going to get more than this? Oh, God, yeah. Burrow's yeah. going to. So, Burrow's so there's there's always going to be someone who comes along to dazzle and, and is going to be that, have that kind of worth. And at 51 mil AAV, we've got a bargain four years down the road. And oh, yeah. they're thinking of the hurt part of it. And, and and the thing about Jalen is, like, when this contract expires, he's got another one coming to him if he if he plays this out right. I mean, it's amazing at age twenty nine or thirty that that he can have another dazzling deal. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I compare it to the injury aspect of professional football. You know, the biggest cliche in this industry, Mike, and I've heard it ten million times at this point is control what you can control. That's what they tell the players, you know, control what you can control, blah, blah, blah. I always say you can't legislate injury. So what the hell are you going to worry about? I mean, yeah, if he if he has a catastrophic injury, I mean you're screwed. Same thing with that doomsday scenario from a financial standpoint. Yeah, if society collapses, the Eagles are screwed. You know, they're not going to be able to pay the... But I think we're going to have bigger problems. So I can't worry about a doomsday scenario with the quarterback. This is the cost of doing business in the NFL at this particular position. The Bengals are going to have to go through it, the Chargers and everybody else. Yeah, they're coming up surviving that very same scenario with wins. It was a lesser... Uh, uh, a hit, but but at the time it was a major hit, and he went on the draft of the quarterback. He turned out to be this guy. So they, they their frame of reference is it'll it's fine, it'll work out. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, they had one year. You might you might take a hit for a year, and then you got to like during the Carson Wentz aftermath. All right, you take a step back to take two forward. Yep. I think that's their perception. That's surely the way they're going to look at it. And the other thing that you got to give the Eagle organization, entire organization credit for when a guy gets this kind of contract, uh, either with social media being what it is now these days and players at the Eagles have a bunch of players that are always taking stances, making statements on social media. Is there anyone who is not just stone cold elated for this young man to get paid? 
Uh, no, they all love this guy. And that tells you the kind of culture that they built around him in that Eagle locker room. Nobody could be happier for Jalen Rose than his teammates. Right, Mikey Mess? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no question about it. He's, he's that type of stoic leader. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because once they uh, got to the Super Bowl, I wonder if they, they went, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> because that, that's what it kicked in. The guy gets you to the Super Bowl. Now you go, all right, I got to give up the 50 mil. Uh, and and uh, they knew they had to do it. They did it. And uh, you're right. This is not a, a flimsy situation where you're, the kid hasn't been hurt, really. Uh, he's, he's sturdy. He's a strong kid. He, he, he's done, he, he does so many things on the field. It came out of nowhere, but it, it is what it is. So, so nobody's going to be disappointed. Right now, he's QB1. And QB ones that at that that level of play get that kind of cash. All right, uh, Jody uh, pissed some people off, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to take <laughs> some of the heat off Jody. Um, you know, this kid's been too good to be true. It's a, I mean, 24 year old, so mature, natural leader. All of a sudden, he gets $50 million in his pocket. Maybe, you know, I don't want to show up at 6 in the morning. Maybe I want to show up at 8 in the morning, Mikey Miss. I mean, there's a human nature. I would say never practice hero worship because you're always going to be disappointed in the end. Human beings are flawed. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a, a celebrity, a, a politician, a sports star. You know, I was a big Julius Irving guy. There were some, when I was young, there were some, Peccadillo's there, you know, off the floor. Um, if you practice hero worship, you're going to be disappointed. When you get paid like this, anything like that could happen. Uh, yeah, I listen, I guess you're right. But this guy is like a pod. You know, he, he's like, he, when, you, when, you, when you saw Wentz, you saw some, yeah, there were some little signs, little flaws, this and that. Uh, this guy is different. This guy's a stoic, like he's he's a no fun, all business type of guy. I don't think I've ever seen an athlete like this. How can you not have fun with fifty million dollars, though? Well, Mike? it's true, but he like he's his idea of fun might be different than the he's been coached so structurally that yeah, uh, like, like I I don't see the that happening where he's going to intentionally show up at eight o'clock and 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 get to uh, you know this this thing in him where he's bigger than life. Uh, it could happen, obviously, but but again, you're you're powerless to like you can't anticipate that to not do the deal. Uh, I, things are what they are sometimes in sports, John. Like this is the price of doing business for this particular position, and, and this guy is probably a safer bet than most. So if it does happen, what what you're saying does happen, you have, you know, you know, we did we did all our due diligence. Uh, and sometimes things don't work. It's up to the gods. But but I think if you're analyzing it logically, th there's less chance of ha that happening with this guy than yeah. some other guys. I agree. Much safer bet. That's a good way to describe it. For my fellow Star Trek fans out there, you could consider Jalen Hurts data. He's an android. I, I'm not sweating the whole, oh, my God, look at all this money I got. I ain't get up for practice tomorrow. No, the Android gets up at 6.01 every single day. It happens, and I think it's going to stay exactly the same with Jalen. I have no worries about this much. Injuries, that stuff happens. But the fact that he's going to get a little big for himself, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. All right, Mikey Miss, before the Jalen Hurts contract came down, we wanted to have you on talk about the draft. 
Uh, so here's where I'm going to go first with you. Uh, B. Okay. John Robinson has been the guy who's been talked about. Two guys, Jalen Carter, B. John Robinson, and the whole Jalen Carter thing comes down to will he be available? One, will he go in the top five where he deserves to go? Would the Eagles be the team that finally takes him if a whole bunch of them pass on him? I, I want your comment on that, but B. John more so. Does uh, Jalen's deal yesterday change the way the Eagles look at drafting B. John Robinson at number 10 at all? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think that uh, they think they can cover their butt with what they have at the running back position. I love the kid too, uh, but at 10, I don't think there's any chance that they would take him because you know how, what they do. I, I, here's the scenario as I look at like If Jalen Carter starts to slip, I think they may trade down to get him. If Nolan Smith lands on their lap at 10, I think they might be tempted to go there. Uh, but at 10, you know, those guys, and that's probably not going to happen. So, that 10, maybe they trade back and they take the corner uh, or, or they, uh, and with that pick, they, they either take the corner or they take Van Ness. Uh, the only thing I can see happen, of course, there's offensive line too, because they're in love with that whole premise. So Paris Johnson could be there. The kid Skaronsky could be there. I think if, if BJ Robinson starts to slip, they may want to work something from 30 to get down like if he slips in the twenties, which I'd probably it probably won't happen. I think that's the only chance that they would be tempted to do that. But at ten, they're not going to take him. Um, from a larger perspective, Mike, the the team in general, the roster building. I think we were all under the impression that things have to change, which they do when when you have to pay the quarterback versus on a cost effective rookie deal. But they did a really good job, at least for a window. Um, of keeping the cap number as low as it evidently is going to be. So we can't keep talking about Nicholas Morrow being a starter on this team, uh, a, a Reed Blankenship, a, a, a Terrell Edmonds. They got to get back to building this team if they're a true Super Bowl contender. Is that fair? Do we change our expectations for the rest of this roster? No. Uh, I mean, I... I... Are, are you suggesting that they haven't built it well enough? I'm suggesting defensively, they got a lot of just the guys. They got a lot of Jags on the defensive side. And the defensive side lost them the Super Bowl, right? Everybody was upset. The second-ranked defense with 70 sacks wasn't good enough. And now all of a sudden, it's, you know, Reed Blankenship in for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. It's Terrell Edmonds in for Marcus Epps. It's it's Nicholas Morrow in for T.J. Edwards. I you know Nick Nicobe Dean at least has some uh, mm -hmm. upside, so don't have a problem with that. Jordan Davis don't have a problem with that. But I mean, they've taken yeah, a significant take, step a back defensively. Yeah, they take a leap of faith, John. I think you know the Edmonds thing maybe helps Blankenship a little bit. Uh, Senior uh, Connor Johnson was a big loss to me. Uh, the linebacker has got one guy that they think. Yeah, can do the job. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do. They're going to have to get an edge rusher somewhere. Um, you know, I don't know. Do we have any faith in Barnett making a comeback at that at that situation? Uh, yeah, I know yeah, Jody we, doesn't. We're crossing our fingers a little bit, but I I don't think like it's devastating that the because they did get the two corners back, which to me is is really important, and I think they think it's important. Uh, they have enough faith in Blankenship, and the, and. In, pair him with a veteran uh line, you know linebacker can cover is going to be like the linebacker situation is not comfortable for me 
and, and nor is like, you know, counting on the Brandon Grahams and Fletcher Coxes to add to the rotation. But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see on this. All right. Mikey Miss, right, you got to be glad that you're doing a show with uh, Mac and Mac today and not Seth Joyner. Because if you had said what you just said with Seth Joyner, he would have punched you in the face. <laughs> defense go, yeah. is fine. No, I'm, I'm okay with this defense. I, I haven't seen his tweets. Is he not okay with the defense? I have not seen. I, I assume he's not. We, we had him, we had him on a couple of weeks show. ago. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was saying they what have happened? not... They have not done their due diligence in keeping this defense, which, as John correctly pointed out, kind of fell apart in the second half of the Super Bowl. Uh, they haven't done quite enough to keep it to the level that it was at this past year. He, yes, he wasn't happy not. with the loss of C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I know that. Uh, nor was I. But uh, and that, that situation turned quickly. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think he pushed their envelope, and they said, you know what, we, we don't put up with this kind of stuff anymore, which is probably – not Mike, right not thing. a problem. They're going to get Buda Baker. John told yeah. me yesterday. The Eagles. No, I did not say that. I said position. they just go get him. Jody is 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 going off the rails. I said I would get Buda Baker. I didn't okay. say the Eagles right. were getting. Right. I would go after him. Right. So I'll ask Cody. you, Mike. Mike, well, they have money left to get him. Well, they just they do now. I thought they had. They yeah, got well, more yeah, money than I thought. That's right. Their cap situation is yeah. fine. With Jay, they're, pay, they're paying Jalen three cents on the cap. <laughs> <next> year, so. <laughs> I, guess, I guess they could get it. Yeah. They certainly have the room. So uh, uh, would you make that? Say you got to give up the 30th pick and you got to sign him to an extension. Uh, we all know they're going to backload it. But to me, this is a top five safety in football. Yeah. So yeah, I would can... consider it. You want to go back to the Super Bowl? I guess you, you, you absolutely have to think that way. Yeah. You, know, you, you can't fall off. You got to get to the next level now. Yeah. And uh, Buda Baker, even though he plays the game a little bit different, he's, that's one of the things I'm really intrigued. There's so many things about when the season gets underway. Can't get here fast enough. We got to get the draft first, and then please start the season the week after. Doesn't quite work that way. Um, do you think there's going to be a shift? in the defensive philosophy and the way they play things because they swapped out their defense corner. They're bringing in a quote unquote Fangio guy, but the couple of moves that they made don't follow right in the footsteps of the kind of defense that Jonathan Gannon ran specifically the Edmonds at safety one. Do you think we're going to see a little bit of a different defense this year, Mike? I think that that's a question that is a great question. And yet we haven't paid that much attention to it. The, the shift to new a new defensive coordinator and what, what he might bring. Uh, he's a Fangio guy, uh, which, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It, it seems it would play into the same way they played last year. So, uh, but you, you never know how guys are going to respond to a new guy. I mean, you know, that's a big thing. Uh, with new coordinators, uh, we, we thought about it first and then we kind of got off it. But it, it, it's, it's something we need to pay attention to. Uh, whether whether that's going to go smoothly or not. So I agree with you, Jody. I, I might, who knows? I, until I see it. Right. Uh, until yeah, we I'm see, sure we I'm don't sure know. We can only guess. Yeah, there's going to be some rocky moments probably early, and people are going to go all Gannon on them, and uh, especially Seth. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it, 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 may, it may level out. I don't know. Um, at Mike Miss 25, make sure you follow uh Mike on Twitter, MikeMiss.com to see what he's up to. The Mike Missinelli podcast on Bet Rivers. Make sure you listen to that as well. Eagles post game show here on Jacob Media. Um, 
Mike, I'll, I'll leave it. Everybody talks about the defense, right? There was this incredible sort of – had never seen the NFL the exact same coaching staff. The Eagles almost pulled it off, a couple low-level promotions, things like that. But everybody was back for the run last year. Now you have this tr- tremendous upheaval, especially on the defensive side. But I thought Shane Steichen was a damn good play caller. And I, I think everybody is overlooking – I, you know, Brian Johnson's good coach, but we saw what the difference between Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen. Shane was better play caller than Nick. So it's going to be, there's, there's always differences. And I think to assume there's not going to be any hiccups with the play calling, that might be a big assumption. Am I all based? No, you're absolutely right. I think that's what I kind of alluded to it. You know, the transition is going to, it's, I, I don't think it's going to be 100% smooth. It could be. I mean, you know, that, that Chip Kelly came in that first game and wowed everybody, right? I, I don't, I don't know if that happens. And if it doesn't happen, you know, this town is going to oh, freak. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would expect there would be some growing pains early. And hopefully they don't lose the team through that. Like if they get off rock, you're going to lose the fans. The fans are going to complain. Uh, but the, the team belief in the system is what uh, I worry mostly about if they get off to a rocky start. Hopefully they don't. But you're right. The offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator are different. There's not going to be a lot of time to solidify what these guys like to do. So it, it may not go smooth at first. It depends on who you lose at that point. All right, Mikey, I got one last one for you as well. Is there a possibility that in round four, well, they don't have a fifth round, a fourth round pick. So Howie's going to have to acquire picks. But either late day two, early day three, the Philadelphia Eagles draft Jair Brown of Penn State. Uh, I know people love Porter at the corner. I don't think they're getting him. I don't think they're picking him. But they could use a young up and coming safety how big a Jair Brown fan are you and what I'm a major Jair Brown fan. And and he's been really uh he's impressed a lot of people pro day who what people tell me up there, he looked really good. Uh I, I would not uh be disappointed with that selection at all. I wouldn't be disappointed they selected Joey and Jair. Joey, uh, how about that? Not now he's showing those nitty colors. Is that is that a blue jacket? You guys yeah. it's not Penn State blue <laughs> that you're wearing, is no, it? You and Mosher, it's always Penn State. It's all Penn no, State. No, normally it's not for me, but I think Joey Porter's a hell of a player. I can see him trading down. They had him in. Trade down yeah. from 10. You get acquire the, the picks that you, you're lacking in the middle, and you take him, and then Jair Brown's there for you. You, you can't go wrong. These are well-coached, good athletic players. By the I'm way, Mike, I, I – I got to give you credit. I was just looking at your uh, Twitter page. You, you got that prediction. Sixers were horrendous in the first half and only down five. Runaway win. Then you dropped the mic. Well done. Yeah, that, was I was out. <laughs> you know, because you know what you get when you do something like that, John? People go, oh, here he is. Mikey Mush, he's going to jinx him again. So oh, I, yeah. just got, I, I put it out. I saw the, I saw the landscape of what that game was going to be, and I'm out. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what happened in the second half. Mikey Miss, you did not disappoint. I threw you a hanging curve with your Penn State loyalty, and you swung as hard as you possibly could. Both Porter and uh, uh, I'll Jair Brown. Need them both in the Eagles secondary I'll next year. And I'll do the lion's growl. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Mike, no, well, that no, that set joiner the growling. And if he heard you say what you said about the defense, you could be in trouble. Uh, Mikey Mitz, always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate you jumping in. Right, guys. We'll Thanks catch you up Mikey. next month. Thanks, Mike. Right, take care. Mike Missinelli, the well dressed Mike Missinelli. Yeah. Got dressed for I'm I'm gonna say still say you got dressed for us. Yeah, okay. Uh feel free to go back and watch the Fox spot that he did yeah. either. But uh yeah, when he's out dressing the two schlubs who host the show, uh we, we appreciate that's his pretty sart- easy to do. Pretty his easy sartorial do. effort. Uh John McMullen, Jody McDonald coming back with you here on Birds 365. Uh should be fun next hour because we're gonna have Brad Spielberger from overthecap.com, PPF uh, for football focus, but also does a lot of uh, cap stuff. I I know it's all just speculation. The details haven't come out. We'll see what Brad, how he analyzes the details that have been made official. Uh, It looks like an unbelievably good deal for the Eagles in the first four years. There's got to be a price to pay at some point, right? You can't, as good as Jake Rosenberg or Howie Roseman are, they can't just wave a magic wand and make money disappear. It has well, to be accountable I, I, Again, somewhere. I think, you know, if the player craps, that's always what it comes down to. If the player craps out, uh, it's not going to work for you. I mean, evaluation in football is more important than anything else about the player. The player's got to continue to play at the level. If the player continues to play at this level that he had last year, I mean, this is going to be a glorious deal for the Eagles. Yep, He's going to see every cent of this deal and more because they're going to rework his deal uh, if he continues to play at that level. Um, so it's always about, you know, getting the player right. And they didn't get it right with Carson Wentz. Um, I think I liked what Mike said about be- it being a safe bet because I hope people realize I was playing devil's advocate with that 50 million, you know, people, some guys kind of go off the rails. That's not going to be Jalen. Uh, he's very grounded. Um, I don't have any much concern about that at all. Um, it's a safe bet. It's a safe bet, but it's always a bet. Right. Except for injury. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, Jalen, all of a sudden, going to wake up today, a rich young man, and his attitude's going to change. Oh, no. Speaking of bet, I'd bet good money. That's not happening. He will still be Jalen Hurts, no matter how much money is in his bank account. Um, But you just can't project injury. And the Eagles, with the way they've structured the deal, if Brad Spielberg comes on and tells us the same thing, are taking a, a potential risk of a major downside. If the football aspect of Jalen Hurts should go wrong. I don't think it's going wrong. I don't think we're getting Wentz 2.0. But if it does, that's why they're getting the years as cheap as they are at the front end of this deal. It's it, it's almost unfathomable how good this deal is for its first four years against the cap. Well, what's the downside risk? It's the last two years, but It'll all be decided on the field by what level Jalen plays to. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac, Bird Street 65. We're coming right back in just a sec.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Thank Mikey Mitz for jumping into the mix. And yeah, I asked Mikey to come on the show before we ever knew that Jalen Hurts signed his contract extension. Timing kind of worked out. And I, uh, after uh, we, uh, the, the news came out, I said, John, can you uh, see if you can get Brad Spielberger on here, get our, our, our favorite cap guy on to discuss the cap ramifications? John was able to get John, uh, Brad to commit and uh, join us, and he should do just that in about. Uh, 20 some odd minutes. All right, John, I, I do want to clarify one thing here, buddy, because you did call me on the carpet and say I went off the rails and, and misquoted you about uh, Buda Baker, that you didn't say you thought the Eagles would do that. You said that you would do that. Uh, am I misquoting you now? I, I, I do want to get you on the record straight. Is John not hearing me? No, I got you. Okay. Um, it, are you saying that you think the Eagles should be negotiating and or making a play for Buda Baker? Or did you say, and this is what I thought you said, you thought that there was a chance the Eagles would do that? Were you talking about what you would do or what the I Eagles was talking would do? about what I would do. I don't know what the Eagles think of the player. I said, if they think what I said about the Eagles, if they think the same way I think about the player, they will go after him. 
they will go after him. If they think he's a top five safety and he's available, he's got to be available too, because just because he wants out doesn't mean they're going to trade him. Then they will go after him. I've compared it to A.J. Brown. There are certain players they will erase their history with and say, well, this guy's just better than everybody else. Um, I think he's one of those players at safety. I think. I don't know if they think that. Um, by the way, speaking of Buddha, he was out there congratulating Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he got so a maybe, he got a he got a thumbs up in there. Maybe yeah, that. maybe he's doing a little lobbying. Yeah, he sees uh, he sees potential. You know, Super Bowl. Look, I don't. I can't fathom them going into a season as I said with with what they have at safety right now, uh, what they have at linebacker right now, and I had no idea the cap numbers were going to be this low. So I was on the assumption yesterday when we were talking about it that the cap numbers would be sort of, you know, 15, 16, and then 25 or something like that. And all of a sudden, I was talking under that impression that mm-hmm. they should make a move, that they should go after it. With, with this, I mean, if he's on the trading block, if he wants to come here, I I think they're making a mistake if they miss about if they say this guy's not good enough and we can make do with Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds or Justin Evans or even a draft pick. Um, yeah, I disagree with that. I I this is a three-time All-Pro player, not Pro Bowl, All-Pro right. player. Um, this is a really really good player. But you bring up, and I talk about it all the time, and you're right. He's not a traditional coverage safety. Um, He plays all over the place. Um, He's a good coverage guy, though. He's not typically when you're When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Talk about box safeties, what people describe as box safeties. They don't cover very well. Yeah, there's a reason they're in the box. Yeah. He covers well. And his PFF numbers point that out. He's got really good coverage numbers. Like, he's a really good player. Um, And I, other than Derwin James, because I think he's way more versatile than Minka Fitzpatrick who, you know, Miami, for those who don't know, wanted to turn Minka Fitzpatrick into Buda Baker, play all over the place. And he wanted no part of it. He didn't want to do it. That's one of the reasons he got traded. Great player, but, you know, 
And that's what the Eagles want. Somebody who just wants to sit back there and play coverage. Um, boy, I, I, yeah, I have a problem if they wouldn't want that player. But and you know, you, you I could said, see them not wanting that player. You just said that's what the Eagles want. Here's where I'll give the Buda Baker fans a little bit of a leg up and maybe a little hope. When they signed Edmonds and they got him for what, $2 million, John? Uh, yeah. Just barely more than the league minimum. And he's a four year starter in Pittsburgh. Yeah, granted, he, his PFF ratings aren't great, but he was a starter on a pretty damn good defense four straight years. He was more of a box safety. He's more of a guy who's going to come up and help in the run game and make tackles and the like. He's not a great coverage safety. And during Jonathan Gannon's era, they wanted two cover safeties. They want both their safeties, the mirror players that can drop down and play somebody in the slot. That's what Jonathan Gannon wanted out of his safeties. And then they signed Edmonds. And I said, maybe Deshaun, Deshaun Desai is going to ask his safeties, game plan his safeties, to be a little bit different, that it's not going to be the same exact defense we've seen Jonathan Gannon run the last two years. If I'm right about that assumption, and we won't know till they get out there on the field. Oh, by the way, uh, the interview session that you had with Jordan Desai. Oh, that's right. You haven't had that. <laughs> How long did they hire him? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, yeah. They Still nothing. They haven't quite made him available to the media yet here in town. Um, but so we're all guessing. We're all poking and hoping here. We don't know anything. We've got the quotes from Nick Sirianni that say, oh, I have my defensive philosophies. And uh, Jonathan and I were always on the same page. And I have faith that Sean and I are going to be on the same page. So he's hinted at it that it's going to be a very similar defense. But we won't know till it gets out there on the field and we get a look at it, or we have to try and read between the lines. And the Edmund signing might be something you could read between the lines that, hey, maybe they will be playing their safe safeties differently, and maybe they will get involved and make. Well, I disagree with you from this standpoint, as you mentioned a little bit there. We're not completely blind because Nick Sirianni's gone on record a couple times it's not going to change much. We're going to play this style of defense. So that's what the head coach wants. That's what the head coach is going to get. All right. Now, I just want to interrupt one second. I'll let you finish your thought, John. Then if we've got the right scouting report on Terrell Edmonds, why would they, why would they sign the guy? Well, they signed him for, as you mentioned, one year, two, $2 million. They signed him for 600,000 guaranteed. I mean, this guy's just as likely to be Jaquaski's heart as 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 a big time player on this defense. I think everybody looks at the the safeties that they have, and it's like Terrell Edmonds looks like Ronnie Lott. Well, they paid him like Jaquaski's heart. I mean, they gave him nothing. What I'm saying is, if you go trade for Buda Baker and you're giving up the 30th pick in the draft and you're signing him to a contract of 15 million a year. Oh, you know, that guy's a big part of your stinking defense. Contracts say a lot. You know, Jalen Hurts, highest speed, but contracts tell you a lot. Sure. They didn't pay this guy anything. He could be as he could be the starting safety. I said this about Tart last summer a bunch. He could be the starting safety. He could be off the team. He could be cut in a, in a heartbeat if he doesn't show up and do what they expect or what they want him to do. So 
it's not like like right now we look at the roster and say, well, he's got to play, right? You know, who else is going to play? Well, if somebody shows up in the draft, whether it's Brian Branch or or even a second or a third round pick, or they trade for Buda Baker, all of a sudden, Terrell Edmonds is probably more likely to be cut than be on the team. So the contract tells you a lot, and the contract says, eh, we don't have anything right now, so let's let's have this placeholder. Right, and that the, the reason I stayed the way I stated was, then don't you have? Isn't it obligatory that you have to at least investigate uh, Buda Baker when uh, well, when you've got well a guy penciled in right now as your starting safety? Who John McMullen says there's a better chance he's going to be cut than actually starting. Well, don't you need better. to be looking to upgrade that position? I didn't say better. I said there's a chance, but you know, right I now, can, like, do me a favor, break it down for me. hundred percent, sixty forty. Well, starting, right now, right now, right now, a hundred percent, he'll he'll be on the team right now on April eighteenth because they don't have anybody else. Right now, if you if they add Brian Branch, that that if that number probably goes sixty forty. If if they add Buda Baker, it's probably under fifty. It's probably underwater. Um, so you know, right now he is Ronnie Lott. They got to play him. You know that's why everyone makes a big deal about Terrell Edmonds. And by the way, I think he was a good player in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think he was underrated. I can't understand why somebody else didn't give him five million bucks. I think you know he will start if they don't add anything at safety. But that contract tells you everything you need to know. And that's same thing with Nicholas Morrow, same thing with Justin Evans, um, even Rashad Penny, um, 600 grand guaranteed. I mean, if they get somebody in the draft that they like in camp, and it doesn't have to be even Bijan, could be Roshan Johnson from Texas. And they say, wow, this kid can play. And they get him in the third round or they get some, you know, day three picks and how he works that out. They get him in the fourth round, what have you. They could cut him. Um, not no skin off their back at all. Right. They signed a bunch of lottery tickets. And guess what? The, the beauty of lottery tickets, if you don't win, you throw them away and you move on and you go buy next week's lottery tickets. But uh, sometimes lottery tickets cash, but a lot of times they end up in, in the trash. And the some of the guys Eagles have signed. That may be the case. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I, I asked Mikey Miss this, and I'm going to ask you this, and I'm going to give you my opinion. Has Jalen Hurts' contract changed the – and when I say changed, I mean significantly – significantly changed the way the Eagles are looking at this upcoming draft because they got the deal done. Not only got it done, but got it done in the parameters they got it done in. No, I, I don't think it's changed from the draft perspective because they're pretty disciplined with the draft. They're not going to go reach for, you know, if they like a player, they're going to they're gonna take him. Howie's learned that over the years the hard way. Um, I think it changes the other aspects, you know, the post-June burst cuts, you know, if Buda Baker's made available. I think now you 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 have to say, all right, we have this window and that's what I asked Mike, you know, I thought it was going to be, you knew the window was going to be there for a year or two, 
well, now they have a window for three, four years. Um, and I, I keep looking at that defense. And I know offense is more important. Jeffrey Lurie said it. We can all agree it's good offense beats good defense. I say it all the time now in the modern NFL. But you got to be representative. Remember, they weren't good enough last year, right? With 70 sacks, number two defense, number one passing defense. They weren't good enough on the biggest stage to get the stop when they needed to. I mean, first of all, I think people kind of forget it's kind of difficult to get to that position. Um, and if if you're throwing, if you're rolling out that defense, luckily they don't have to play today. They're not getting to that position to 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 crap the bed because that defense isn't going to be good enough. So that part to me has got to. There's got to be more of a sense of urgency. All right, here's the only effect that I think. Excuse me, Jalen Hurts' contract has on the Eagles in the upcoming draft nine days from now. Prior to Jalen's contract extension, I was probably at about a 10% chance that the Eagles were going to take uh, B. John Robinson at the number 10 pick. 10. That's not much. It's not zero, but it's not a great percentage either 10. I'm up to about 20 now, John. Ooh. Because I think that when you make that kind of commitment like they did to Jalen Hurts, you got to kind of back it up, if not double down. And as you just said, and uh, he's well on record saying it, Jeff Laurie believes offense rules the world. And that uh, when the owner is on record and saying, yeah, when, the only way to win in the National Football League is outscore him. And yeah, the Chiefs outscored us with a late field goal that maybe there wasn't holding on the play on James Bradbury, but they, they were there. They were knocking on the door. They were this close to winning the Super Bowl. Well, maybe we need even more offense. Maybe if we had put up more points that we could have actually held on and won the Super Bowl. If the if Jeff Laurie and the owner has a little influence on that number 10 draft pick, maybe it is B. John Robinson. I've been saying all along, highly unlikely. I'm saying more likely well, now. Not, it, it, not a given, but more likely because they've committed so much to the offense, doubling down and giving Jalen Hurts protecting Jalen Hurts by getting him a better back might be something they think about. Yeah, I'm all on board with my counterintuitive notion that uh, he he makes the running backs better, not vice versa. Um, and I don't think you need uh, to, to spend that capital, especially with Jalen Hurts playing quarterback. Um, I, I it, If you want to go the offensive route, then I would go more towards offensive line. And obviously that would be more important for the quarterback to protect the quarterback and all that kind of stuff. So then you start talking about, well, is Paris Johnson going to fall? Probably not. But, you know, you start doing the math, Jody. Um, four quarterbacks go. Starting to think maybe Will Levis doesn't, but let's pretend he does. Four quarterbacks go. Carter's not there. Anderson's not there. Uh Texas Tech kid. I always forget his Wilson. name. Wilson's not there. Um, that's seven. Um, you have Skaronsky, you have Paris Johnson. That gets you to nine. Am I missing somebody? Um, Bijan, probably not going to be top ten. 
who am I missing? Corner, Christian Gonzalez. Um, all of a sudden, you get that one guy in that top 10. You got the four quarterbacks, Gonzalez, the three linemen. You're getting one of the offensive linemen at 10. I think that would be more likely for the Eagles. Understood. But again, uh, following in the Eagles' uh, uh, history, and the most specific history since uh, uh, their uh, miracle-working offensive line coach, Lane Johnson was a first-round pick. But Kelsey was, what, sixth? Sixth. Mylotta was seventh. Uh, Sayamalu was third or fourth? Third. Third-round pick? Yeah. All right, so they've gotten their offensive lineman. Lane was Lane. Um did they uh, was Lane picked before uh, Stoutland University was opened? Uh, he was uh, Chip Kelly, so Stout came with uh, Kelly. So um, no, he was first year, first okay. year, right? Uh, so the Eagles. By the way, able- and 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 by the way, <laughs> remember that was the Dion Jordan year. So the Eagles lucked out. I think it was Miami that traded above the Eagles because everybody knew Chip was going to take Dion Jordan from Oregon. Um, And, uh, you know, so thank Miami for that Yeah, thank you very much, Dolphins. Um, Oh, and Dickerson was second-round pick. Uh, So they've been able to do their offensive line. It's phenomenal offensive line. Best offensive line in football without investing first round draft picks lane was the only one out of the five um so i i don't know that they're going to use the 10 pick in the draft uh, last time they did was lane johnson they did well so you can say if yeah, they, but can I, get, I, I, if I they do, get lane again they they double down on that immediately jody i i do think you know like well my lot is unique i mean that's that's a first round talent we all know why from a physical perspective and and jeff deserves all the credit in the world for building him up from nothing but that's a first round like if he grew up in america (laughs) and was and was six foot eight and that size and that strong with that athleticism and he played high school football and college football oh he would have been a first round pick but obviously it was what it was so i kind of put him off to the side Dickerson would have been a first-round pick if he didn't tear his ACL. That's a first-round talent. Um, and by the way, he tore his ACL in, in was I think it was the SEC championship game. So he tore his a- ACL late coming into the draft, and they still picked him uh, very early in the second round. They had an early pick that year. Um, that's a first-round talent. There's this uh, – set now, Kelsey, obviously – and that's Howard Mudd, too, by the way. Um, unbelievable player, six-round pick. That never happens. Uh, good on them. Certainly, Jeff has a big thing. And he does more with players like Halapoli Bati Baitai and Matt Pryor and Nate Herbig than probably anybody else. But those guys aren't Lane Johnson. Those guys aren't. Jordan Mylotta. Those guys aren't Lane Dickerson. He gets tremendous value out of them. But I think this narrative that, oh, you can take a, 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 a so-and-so in the sixth, seventh round and he'll develop and eh, that's... Even Isaac as a third-round pick 
turned into a really good player, but it took a while. He got benched for Stefan Wisniewski. He struggled. He was depressed at one point. He he he, he was, you know, upset. He went, and all of a sudden he turns the corner. It, it, it helps if you get if you get a talent like Paris Johnson with Jeff Stoutland, then I feel really good. Yeah, I think there's more evidence that a highly drafted running back has got a chance to reach the top of the mountain than a highly drafted offensive line. There are more offensive linemen that are day two and day three picks rather than a first-round pick. Um, last year, the four best running backs in the NFL were all first-round picks. So the the, the the narrative, I think, is more off-base. You can take a running back at any round in the draft than it is you can take an offensive lineman in any round in the draft. I actually think it is easier to take a lineman and develop them than it is a running back. If you got the talent, you got the talent. That's why you go in the first round. Uh, the Isaiah Pacheco's of the world are few and far between. They're most recent in our memory because they just kind of did it to the Eagles in the Super Bowl this year. But that seventh round superstar running back is. I don't know. Look at that Danelle Pumphrey draft, man. That that draft was really deep at running back, really, really deep. And the Eagles just made the wrong pick, man. They yeah, just they made were the subscribing wrong pick. to the theory that you can find a star running back late in the draft, and they got themselves Danelle Pumphrey. So. That, that that kind of makes my point for me. All right, uh, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, here with you on Birds 365. We are banking on Brad Spielberger from both Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com jumping on with us to discuss the Jalen Hurts contract. Spielberger next here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. With John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac Sports 365. All right, a little context here. Uh, over the weekend, I follow Brad Spielberger on Twitter, and I see his latest mock draft, and I go, oh, shoot, we got to get Brad on. I want to talk to him about his mock draft. And then the Jalen Hurts signing happens. So I go, John, John, you got to reach out to Brad. See if you get him on the show tomorrow. We definitely need to talk to Brad Spielberger tomorrow. And then he shows up in a burnt orange t-shirt are you yeah. trying to tell us something Texas, mark baby. had you Texas. going for the, the redskins are we gonna get Bijan robinson here in philadelphia what are you up to spielberger well, it's a bear shirt so i don't, I don't know oh, if that's any indication of anything but uh yeah, we go bear. <laughs> uh, by the way i don't know about Bijan, but i mean hey it's you know they're sitting there at 10 and all the the trench players that they like are off the board at that point maybe they do it but uh i, I personally don't see it by the okay. way, how does a Bears guy intern with the Vikings? How'd you get? How'd you get through that? Yeah, you know, I think the the, the short answer is in the NFL, you take any job you can get. That's I don't good. be too picky. <laughs> good point. Good point. All right. Well, we we're going to get out of the way, Brad. I I how it, how can that the largest contract in NFL history by some metrics be team friendly, but the Eagles pulled it off, man. I, I, I'm, I'm amazed at the cap numbers out there. Now we don't have official numbers, but if you look at Schefter's numbers for the first four years of this cap, how, how did they do it? How did they structure this deal? Yeah, I think he uh, very kindly, as a favor to whoever gave this information, uh, intentionally cut it off after 2026 because. Oh, yeah. Uh, in 2027 and 2028, we're looking at 75, $80 million cap hits, right? So that's how. So um, my, my guess is there is, we know the signing bonus about 24 million. There's probably an option bonus for about 40 million in the second year, another option bonus for about 40 million in the third year, and another, a third option bonus for about 50 million in the fourth year of this contract. So basically what it is, is here's the simplest way to look at it. They've essentially gone ahead and restructured the contract ahead of time, right? So instead of having the big salary, getting to that year and restructuring the deal, again, I probably explained this in the show before, but restructuring is converting salary into a bonus and pushing those cap hits out. The Eagles basically said, we'll just do that right out of the gate and get it ahead. So there's probably void years attached to this contract as well. You can push cap hits into those void years, especially those later option bonuses. Um, that's relevant. But yes, it's not a... He's not a magician there are going to be gigantic cap hits in 2027 2028 now when you say option bonuses is it truly an option or is it guaranteed he's guaranteed almost 180 million dollars 
Are those option bonuses locked in and guaranteed? And if so, why the use of the word option? Yeah, that's a good question. So these ones, yeah, I would say, look, the 2024 and 2025 are fully guaranteed at signing, no doubt. I'm guessing the 2026 one is probably, you know, injury guaranteed only at signing, maybe becomes fully guaranteed at a later date. Um, so, yeah, it's a good question. They are technically options, but what happens is usually that the language is if the team does not exercise the option, the player still gets all that money in salary fully guaranteed. So it's kind of – it's a funny way to essentially just prorate more money. Um, yeah, but, yeah, and there is truly an option tied to it. But really what it is is technically Hertz would have all that money in salary, and then if the team exercises the option – Everything above the minimum salary turns into a bonus and gets prorated over the life of the deal. So, you know, for these ones, like you said, um, is it really an option and is it really not going to get paid? No. Um, But, you know, for the last one, uh, you know, in in the contract, it's possible they do decline that option. uh, And maybe the full guarantees don't kick in and they can get out of that final one. But even that one, I think, might become fully guaranteed by, you know, let's say 2025. Uh, maybe even 2024, and and so in reality, it's also probably fully guaranteed as well. Brad, uh, one one mechanics thing first, and then uh, I you know I want to talk about the the cap numbers again. But the you mentioned the voidable years. I saw one cap expert sort of put two voidable years. I meant to ask you in the past, but um, and even I don't. I I try to do the best I can with this stuff, but. there's got to be a limit to board years and how do they figure that out? Is it involved with the length of the contract? In other words, how, how many board years can teams put on these deals? Um, And then from the perspective, I look at, I look at the cap numbers and I say, well, they can build this team for four years before they have to do something, restructure, whatever. And you mentioned that term. I heard that term before they essentially did the restructure early. Have you ever seen a team do this before? Get yeah. Ahead so, of the curve? so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, just get ahead of the curve and and sort of turn it on its head. Yeah. So, to the first point uh, with the void years, there's probably not an actual limit, but you can only prorate money up to five years. So, there's no need for vo- for more than let's say four void years because that final real year of the contract you could then push money over that final real year and four additional void years. There's no real usage to have more than four um, because they wouldn't serve any purpose. So that's the answer to that question. And yes, there are teams that do this. So the Cleveland Browns, shockingly, with Andrew Berry, um, also do this as well. You know, Miles Garrett had a double option bonus structure in his contract, and essentially the Browns got out ahead of it and quote-unquote, you know, like I said, they basically restructured ahead of time. I'm sure he borrowed that from his time learning under Harry Roseman. The Bills did it with Josh Allen's contract. So you see it here and there, but the Eagles are definitely the team that does it the most. Um, and, and, you know, they, they have more prorated money than any other team. I know people talk about the Saints a lot. The Saints don't do this. What they do instead is they wait. They have all the money and salary or roster bonuses that are all in this in that particular year, and then they just restructure when they get there, um, as opposed to doing it ahead of time. And the Eagles have made it work for them before. We'll see if this one does, uh, but there is a a potential downside uh, if we get to the eighty some odd million dollar potential dead cap hit. Yeah, that's never been done before in the National Football League. I can guarantee you that. All right. Uh, with the fact that they've made their commitment to Jalen and we know what direction they're going in, certainly a quarterback, 
and keeping it as cap friendly as they have, you think the Eagles going to do anything between now and the beginning of the season? Will they be aggressive players either traded, trying to talk their way off teams, June 1st cuts and the like? Do you think the Eagles, because of the deal they've done, have now opened the door to upgrade this roster elsewhere? The cap does matter, but more importantly is the cash. And that is where, in my opinion, the team-friendly structure comes in. Again, yes, the cap is helpful. Technically, Hurts didn't have to agree to that, but I don't see why a player would care. What Hurts did as something of a favor is he's going to earn $60 million in new money through 2024. So the next two seasons, he'll have $60 million on top of what he was already owed. That is sixth among quarterbacks, right? So it's actually less than what Dak Prescott earned through the first new year of his contract in Dallas. He had a $66 million signing bonus alone, um, the biggest in NFL history. So that is what a guy like Patrick Mahomes earned a, a very little cash through the first couple of years. And that enabled the Chiefs to, you know, extend Chris Jones and and extend Travis Kelsey and add some talent. So I do. I think the Eagles will be in the market for cap casualties, you know, just like a James Bradbury last year. If the right player comes along at a position of need, gets cut, a good player that they're a fan of, I think they will look to sign and add, you know, more talent to this roster. Um, we always use that term in football, team friendly. Um, so you're the cap expert. Um I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you describe this as team-friendly uh, as a whole, this deal? So I would say the early-year cash flow staying low is is, is team-friendly. It is. It, it enables them to spend more cash. He could have pushed for, like I said, he could have pushed for more um, early cash up front because technically at the end of the day, right, like there is a time value for these players of the money, right? I mean, getting the money as fast as possible – Putting it, you know, in investment accounts and, and letting it grow um, is beneficial to the players. So that that aspect is to, is team friendly overall. I think it also is a strong deal for Jalen Hurts. Right, he gets about sixty eight percent of this deal in new total guarantees. I wrote an article about my projection for Jalen Hurts where I mentioned Carson Wentz got about 62% of the deal in new total guaranteed money. So Hurts surpassed that by a good amount. He obviously does get, you know, the, the, the most average per year with 51 million ever. Um, and he didn't have to go to, you know, six years like Josh Allen or 10 years like Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know, I think he could have pushed for four, which would have been even more player friendly. Um, but I do think only going to five years, um, you know, with, without a fifth year option because he's not a first round pick um, was friendly for him as well. I think it's a win win for both parties. All right. Uh, one last cap question for me. And then I got to ask you about your mock draft because you got a couple guys that don't go. Wait a minute. He's got him dropping down. We'll get to that. Um, the Eagles do business down the road, I think, more than any other team in the National Football League. They're number two right now in dead cap money in the NFL because they do these deals with the voidable years. And at some point, you got to pay the piper. And we hope it doesn't come up with Jalen Hurts that an injury causes his career to get sidetracked because – man, the price they'll have to pay when they get to the last two years of this deal is off the charts. Are they smarter than everybody else? Are they doing this right, rolling the dice, facing a doomsday potential scenario, but in the meantime, benefiting greatly from it? Or is the rest of the league catching up to the Eagles? Are you seeing more of the contracts? You mentioned the Browns with uh, their former uh, executive running the show there. Are more teams going to play the push the salary cap down the road game like the Eagles have done the last several years. So here's one reason why it's smart is that $1 million under this year's salary cap, 225 million is, is worth 
less than or, or more than in, in a couple of years from now when the salary cap is $250 million, you know, $1 million in cap dollars, not cash, obviously is a different number. So that is where it comes in that I do. I think Philadelphia realizes we can we can this future dead money, we're basically getting a discount rate on it, right? Like it's these cap dollars cost less to us and hurt us less down the road than they would right now. So that is smart. The other aspect, though, frankly, and again, you know, you can't hold this against them, but you need an owner that is that is willing to spend more cash than the salary cap in each year. Jeffrey Lurie will let them spend as much as they want to. Their budget is borderline unlimited, and not every team has that that benefit. Um, so you have to also give him credit as well. Uh, speaking of uh, other budgets, and you're right about Jeffrey Lurie. I I always think it's understated when you have an owner who who lets you go that extra mile. It's very very important. You know, the next guys we all expect, well, put Lamar off to the side. We'll, we'll talk about him as well. But Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, I mean, this is the floor for them, especially Burrow. And those are two teams that have some issues when it comes to, you know, liquidity and escrow. How, how much more difficult does this make it for the Bengals to get Joe Burrow done and the Chargers to get Justin Herbert done? No, it's a great question. So the, so the big thing I, I thought this offseason was more about term and bringing the contracts back to shorter because for quarterbacks, you want a shorter deal. Like everyone, I think, thinks, oh, you get longer. If the money's not guaranteed, there's players have no interest in adding more years and giving teams more control. So I think what will happen there is if the Bengals and or Chargers are not willing to concede on guarantees and earlier cash flows and things like that, these players are going to say, okay, then I'm signing a three-year or four-year extension. Those guys, of course, because of the fifth-year option, have two years remaining, unlike Hertz, who had one year remaining. Um, but, yeah, I, I won't say it makes it much harder. I think the Hertz deal kind of falls where we expected. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those guys are going to ask for $52, 53000000 million per year. And in those cases, because their ownership groups are not willing to guarantee future money like Philadelphia, I think we will see, you know, maybe the record signing bonus I mentioned, Dak Prescott getting $66 million in a signing bonus. I think Joe Burrow might, and Justin Herbert might both beat that number because that's the trade-off. Okay, you won't guarantee me more money down the road, and you have to give me way more cash now to protect me and to help me gain money on that money, uh, and that's kind of the you know, back-and-forth concession. It's not going to be easy to get done. There's no question about that. Quick yeah. follow-up. Sorry, Jody, before yeah. you jump in. Um, the, the Eagles have kind of always believed it's, it's better to get better to be first. Can you ever think of an example where it's not better to be first? And why can't other teams figure that out? It, you know, it seems to always be better to go first in the long term. Almost always. And, and they are the best in the NFL at it. There's no question about it. They're, they do, do it with, you know, Jordan Milata and Josh Sweat. We, we could sit here for an entire episode and talk about how good they are being first to market. I think the one argument, as more and more time goes on now, I, can, I, I can't tell you the name of the club, but I had a conversation with one team that said – in a given offseason, when they're going into the offseason, if there are a couple players at that guy's position that they know all are going to sign an extension in that offseason, they used to be first to market. And they did it a couple times. And what happened was the deals they got were so good. And then a bunch of guys passed them in that offseason. And then a bunch of guys, of course, you know, in the future would pass them. And that those players were coming back to them earlier and saying, I want a new yes, deal. Yeah. I'm not, I'm underpaid oh, now. Well, so well, they, well, I'm going to, I'm going to blank if it's Daniel Hunter and the Vikings. 
No comment. <laughs> so, so, so then you know. And, I, I, you know thought it might, I thought it might be Buda Baker and the Arizona uh, Cardinals who we're going to yeah. ask you about in just a second. So, I mean, Daniel Hunter and Stephon Diggs signed the same offseason to remarkably good deals. Yeah. And yeah. again, this you know, I'm actually not talking about them in this specific yeah. example, but for example, right the the right. The right tackle, Brian <laughs> O'Neill, signed two off-seasons ago in 2021. Yeah. And there was Taylor Moten, there was Ryan Ramchick, there was Braden Smith, and Inet. like all these right tackles got extended. The Vikings went last. And, and they gave Brian O'Neill, besides Ryan Ramchick, they gave him the second-best contract. But I think in their minds, they say, okay, you know what? Now if you try to come back to us and say, oh, I want more money, I want a better deal, say, we paid you more than everyone else in your draft class. We gave you the best contract of your offseason. We're not going to go back to the table with you right away. We were patient. We let you, you know, so, so I think that is kind of an angle. Xavier Howard in Miami is another good one. I mean, Miami, the deal there was so good for Miami. He got he got new money with four years left, first player in NFL history. So, All right, uh, Brad, we appreciate you helping us understand the cap permutations, and we got to wait till it's all official, but – uh, you and your buddies over at Over the Cap did a great job over the last 24 hours. Um, all right, I got to get to your uh, mock draft. Hey, let me cut to the chase. C.J. Stroud, number 11. I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. It very much looks like Bryce Young is going to end up as a Carolina Panther because it's their pick. They got to make the decision if Frank Reich likes Bryce Young better than C.J. Stroud. More power to him. We'll see how good Bryce Young is. Uh, I think he's going to be very good. I just think Stroud's going to be better. Uh, all those teams between 1 and 11 that need a court, none of them are going to take C.J. Stroud. Anthony Richardson's going to go before C.J. Stroud. What don't you like about C.J. Stroud? It's not a personal opinion at all. I, I think he might you know, have an argument as the best quarterback in the class. I'm a Bryce Young guy, but I, I would have C.J. Stroud second. Um, he was the second most accurate per our charting quarterback in all of college football last season. Uh, obviously, has the size. He does struggle pretty mightily against pressure, which is a problem, uh, which does tend to translate to the NFL level. The weirdest thing about his eval, though, is his best game ever playing outside of structure and when plays broke down was against Georgia National in the college football playoff. Yep. You know, yeah. So, so that, that, that I mean, you, you never want to have, you know, one game impact your eval, but I mean, that's basically an NFL defense he played against at Georgia and was phenomenal. So this is not my opinion. Um, there are a lot of rumblings that, that he could take a bit of a tumble. If he does not go two to Houston and or four to Indianapolis, here's the thing. I, I, you know, Las Vegas, of course, needs a quarterback. Maybe they get into the conversation. Um, and I'll tell you this. I, I actually more so regret if he's there at 10 – Philadelphia is going to shop that pick to, you know, you guys know this. They'll call yeah. Tennessee. They'll call, you know, Washington, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. Like, they'll call every team and say, hey, if you want C.J. Stroud, if you don't trade with us, someone else is going to. But, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if, if he falls out of the top five. All right, full, dis uh, full disclosure, Brad. I have not been kind to your Chicago Bears this offseason. Um, but they're right. And in front of the Eagles. So I want to get some intel um, if the Eagles are forced to stay at 10. A lot of, I think it's pretty clear the Eagles are the floor for Jalen Carter. Would he ever get by the Bears if he falls that, that, to that point? No. If he, if, if Jalen Carter's on the board at nine, he will be a Chicago Bear. All right. Yeah. All right, that's yeah. bad news for the Eagles. So they're going to have to go up and get Sorry, Eagles. Now, I'll, I'll throw the Bears because you're one of the defendant. Look, I do not – to me, it's easy to tear things down. They've done a great job. They had tremendous assets. They got some good players. 
I think they did a disservice to Justin Fields last year. I don't think they built the offense around him. Um, tremendous, obviously, athletic skills. Uh, he made plays out of nothing. And, man, how do you, as a cap guy, how do you get that much money to all fall linebackers? I Now, I think they're going to be very happy with T.J. Edwards. Here's my prediction to you, Brad. They're going to cut uh, Terrell Edmonds in, after two years because the expectations are going to be so out of whack for him. He's never going to live up to it. They think they're getting Derek Brooks, good player, third year is going to get cut. That's my belief on the Bears. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm, I won't argue. I think it's a possible outcome. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is not me defending the Bears or, or navy and orange glasses, all those things. Um, this was conversations I had going into free agency. You know, you guys know I do all this work. I had no clue he was even on the Bears' radar. But, I mean, the guy's going to be 24 in week one. He is still that young. Oh, yeah. He was the second youngest player in his entire draft class. Um, <clears throat> he is a physical specimen. At about 6'5", 250, but can run fast, can run laterally, all these things. People in Buffalo told me this year he started to figure it out. The game slowed down for him. The reason why he struggled in the early years, which they obviously agree with, they didn't extend him, um, but that, you know, he had, for us, he was one of the highest graded coverage players in our entire uh, system last year, was because they think he finally realized what was going on around him. He wore the green dot, he got everyone in position, and he knew what he was doing. So, I hear you. Uh, again, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, it, it's a possible outcome. You know, it's a possible outcome for every every big free yeah. agent signing. But, but yeah, I think they're selling themselves on this guy is now coming into his own, um, and, and that's their belief. I, I, I do think he fits Matt Everflus's scheme. I absolutely. Do absolutely. Than, certainly yeah. better than Roquan. But I like he's, Roquan. He's taller. He can run yeah. the alley. He's going to be that classic, you know, cover two linebacker that that, that covers over the middle. I'm not going to come from to Brian Urlacher, but from a role standpoint, that's kind of what you're looking at. Yeah. All right. If the Bears are at nine, right in front of the Eagles at ten, and we're assuming that Jalen Carter isn't available for either the Bears or the Eagles, and he goes in the top eight, are they going offensive line? Are they going? Are they the team that's going to take Bijan Robinson? That's all we talk about here in Philadelphia. Bijan at 10, Bijan at 10, Bijan at 10. Is there a chance Bijan goes at nine to the Bears and the Eagles don't have a shot at him either? But first I'll say, I don't think Carter is going to be there for either either team. Uh, I think he'll be gone before both of them pick. Uh, no, I don't think the Bears will take Bijan. I don't think the Eagles will either. But, um, yeah, if, they, if the Eagles want him at 10, I, I think he will be there. Maybe Atlanta at 8 is obviously now becoming a popular you know, mock spot. But, no, I think the Bears will either go tackle or they will look to trade down. I frankly think their, their ideal outcome, you, of course, can't force someone to trade up with you. But I think their ideal outcome is another trade down um, and then take a tackle in the, you know, the teens. Um, there's four potential quarterbacks that might go in the top nine. Um, how important is it from a cap standpoint to, to obviously get the fifth year option on a quarterback and how much do you think that pushes guys up the board? I mean, obviously you start talking about the higher you go, that the larger that fifth year option is, but it's still a lot more cost-effective than the second contract as we're learning here in Philadelphia. So to get that guy, how how, how much do you think it, it sort of out of wax the evaluation process in that I don't think anybody thinks Bryce Young is the best player, football player in this draft, but he's probably going number, number one overall. 
where the best players, whether it's Jalen Carter, he's got some issues, Bijan, even Bijan Robinson at a devalued position. Do you think the NFL's gone too far? Is what I'm trying to say, Brad, and saying, all right, this is obviously the most important position, but we're overlooking good football players to take chances. I'm not sure they're going far enough, frankly. Um, look, I, I totally get it. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to be a total positional value truther in every sense of the word, but if you don't have a good quarterback, nothing matters. Like, That's it doesn't true. matter. That's like, true. I, I, and I don't, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic in saying that. Like, you get the best roster on the planet and a, and a replacement level quarterback, and yeah, you're going to win 10 games. You're going to be in purgatory. You'll maybe win a playoff game, maybe win a playoff game. Like, it just does not matter. So, look, should you take a guy every single year? Should you, you know, be trading up and taking, like, no, but. But realistically, um, I, I get it with quarterback. I, I think besides that, I think you can say maybe we're overvaluing a little bit other spots. But as the fifth-year option point, I do think that is – and it might change now because that, that option is now fully guaranteed the day you exercise it. I think there's less value in that than, than we historically have thought for two reasons. So, A, the fact it's fully guaranteed. B, if the guy is good enough after the first three seasons – you're probably going to extend him anyway, right? Like the, the fifth year yeah. option might not even matter. Now, again, it, it still gives you another year of control. You can still negotiate off of it. Like I mentioned for Burrow and Herbert, if those guys sign five year extensions, you have seven years of control, uh, you know, versus six for Hertz. So it does help. It does matter. But look at this past off, or this past season. The Giants declined Daniel Jones' option. Doesn't really matter. The Atlanta Falcons declined Caleb McGarry, the tackle. Does not matter. The Raiders declined Josh Jacobs, the running back. His franchise tag was $1.5 million more than what his fifth-year option would have been. Who cares, right? So I do think to a degree it should not dictate your decisions besides quarterback. I, I, the only reason I think it makes sense is, you know, you're sitting there at 35 with the Indianapolis Colts and say you don't take a quarterback. I think they will. You don't take a quarterback, and you call the Eagles at 30 and say, hey, we want to come up and get a quarterback you know, at 30 to get that fifth-year option. That, to me, is the most important area. It's Lamar Jackson. That, you know, he was the same yeah. thing with the Philadelphia mm -hmm. Eagles. Like, that's the one area where I think it makes all the sense in the world. Otherwise, I do think it is a bit overblown. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, what's going to happen there, Mr. Over-the-Cap? Uh, it comes down to a negotiation and guaranteed money and everything else. Is there a compromise position between he and the Ravens? And can they get it done before the draft? Because if not, do the Ravens address the quarterback position in the draft? I mean, maybe after yesterday's news, Lamar sees another contract come in with fairly standard guarantee structures and is willing to come back to the table. Like, if Lamar is not willing to sign a contract unless it has the fully guaranteed money Deshaun Watson has, I don't think he's signing a contract. I think he will play on the franchise tag and then try to do it again, and maybe someone else will pay him. You know, and ignoring the fact that he's you know missed some time and had some injury issues, all those things, I, I just don't see a scenario where the, you know the compromise is the Ravens giving him the fully guaranteed money he's looking for. Will they meet in the middle? Maybe, um, but 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 like it sounds like he wouldn't even take that. Um, so yeah, I, yesterday's contract, I think from a value standpoint was good news for Lamar Jackson from a, you know, guarantee and structure standpoint. It's just another notch against what he's trying to get. Let me give you the compromise position. I put this out on CBS over the weekend. He comes in, signs the tender, agrees to play, but the Ravens promise to not tender him the year after. Is that something that could work for both? Who says no in that scenario? 
Yeah, so you can add that language to a franchise tag so that, you know, because people know this, that's actually a negotiable one-year contract. He could also ask for more money, and he could ask for a no-tag clause, which Dave Van Clowney did. So, I mean, the thing is, though, like, if you're the Ravens, you know, why would you do that, right? Because then you could just tag him for a year and then lose him. You have no leverage to keep him. Um, so, I mean, it'd be great for Lamar Jackson. I, I just see no benefit. You know, what, what do the Ravens get out of that? The benefit yeah. is that who's their backup quarterback again? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, t- Tyler Huntley. I mean, I, I hear you. Tyler Huntley starting 17 games Rock next solid, year. Baby. You ready to go there if you're the Ravens? That's the upside. You got Lamar Jackson actually well, he's playing gonna quarterback. Play. He's, not, he's not going to leave all that. I, I'd be surprised if he if he does, you know, sit out, right? I think he will. I think he'll wait until the day before week one to sign the franchise tag. He might not do a single offseason activity, but I would be somewhat surprised if he misses time uh, this upcoming year. Yeah. Lamar's a I'm, different I'm, bird. Yeah. He's a little uh, bit of a different animal. I'm going to put you on the spot for the last one at PFF underscore Brad. Make sure you read uh, Brad at Pro Football Focus. Contributor over the cap does a tremendous job, as you've seen here today. Uh, best contract in free agency, worst contract in free agency. Yeah, I'll go with uh, Orlando Brown with with the Bengals as the best one. Um, effectively, a three year, fifty million dollar deal. You know, four year, sixty four is the full term. Look, is he an elite tackle, one of the best in the NFL? No, but we see Lamar- Laramie Tunsil signed for three years, seventy five million. Like a week later, um, mm-hmm. is he ten million dollars worse than the best? No, like it's a, it's a great contract for them. Um, he totally overplayed his hand in Kansas City um, and, and, and signs a very team friendly contract as a result. Um, the worst, I mean, I'll go, I'll go with Jimmy Garoppolo. I I just don't know what the Raiders are doing. Um, I think the Houston Texans were the only other team in that market. My understanding is their offer was not quite where he got from, you know, from the Raiders, but anyway, basically two years guaranteed. I think he's a worse quarterback than Derek Carr. Um, I I just, I, I just don't get what they're doing. If they get a quarterback in the draft, I think it's more palatable as a bridge. But if they don't, I, I, they're just stuck in purgatory, and, and and I just I just don't get it. Eagle fans, despite the fact that he wore a bra- uh, Bears T-shirt here with us on Birds Three Sixty Five, I thought it was burnt orange for B. John Robinson. So that tells you what I know. Uh, we love having Brad Spielberg on because he brings knowledge to the table that John and I just don't have. Brad, thank you very much for doing it. You know we're going to have you back on again. Uh, appreciate you jumping in with us today. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Brad. Brad, Brad Spielberger, follow on both uh, Pro Football Focus yeah. and I nailed. Cup. I nailed when he was trying to wink. I knew it was Daniel Hunter. And I forgot about Stephon Diggs. That 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 was a good one by you, Johnny Mac. All right, and uh, as soon as you said it, I go, oh, he's going back to his Viking roots. That makes sense. All right, uh, Mc- Mullen and McDonald coming back to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. 
your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome back, guys. Back around out a uh, kind of important bird 365 since Jalen Hurts' contract got done yesterday. We thank Mikey Miss for hopping on early and Brad Spielberger for hopping on late uh, to talk about what kind of effect it has on the Eagles. We ran out of time with Brad. We could have kept him on another 20 minutes if we, if we weren't running out of time for the show. I didn't even give him a hard time for his mock draft from an Eagle perspective. I busted his chops more about C.J. Stroud falling to number 11. And that's just him projecting what he's hearing not he said not these are my ranking this is what i'm hearing teams are going to do which i guess is what you should do with a mock draft he had the eagles at number 10 getting lucas van s and then at number 30 again he's not moving teams around with deals and the like he had them taking the adi adi kid from northwestern so he's got yeah, him going like edge. him by the way I'm, I'm starting to get up the Adi Adi, the Eagles. I'm starting to get a lot of the Eagles really like him. Adi Adi. Okay. Uh, and I would understand that at number 30. It's a pick that could make sense. Not if you get an edge guy with the first pick at number 10. They're not going no. edge edge, are they? Uh, well, he's more of an interior guy, Adi Adi. He's more of a three technique guy, which I don't know the necessarily the bits, but. Uh, now it would be strange though either way to go edge and then get to go two defensive linemen would be a little bit strange. Um I think that's a little bit too high for Lucas Manness. I think I think the Eagles like him. 
I think he'd be more likely a candidate to uh, trade down. There is a lot of smoke that Houston isn't taking a quarterback, which I don't understand, but uh, they're a bad organization, so you never know. Um, and they could be enamored with Will Anderson, so I could see that part. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I don't see two defensive linemen. I definitely see one. <laughs> if they And even if they stay there, I think it's far more likely that there's a trade – up trade down as as he mentioned though i don't think jalen carter is getting to the eagles um so if they want him they're going to have to go up um and also a little bit of news from mike garofolo paris johnson is going to be in town today uh visiting with the eagles one of the last couple uh, yeah tomorrow's have, the right? deadline tomorrow's the deadline um no more pre-draft visits, top 30 visits. All right, um, so then I'm going to put you on the spot right here, right now, McMullen, and I want you to give me both evaluations, the John McMullen evaluation and the here's what John McMullen thinks, the Eagles think evaluation, Paris Johnson or Skoransky? Oh, Paris Johnson. Um, if Which they're one? both there. McMullen or Eagles? Both, both, both. You think um, the Eels would rank Johnson over Skoransky yeah. and you would rank Johnson over Skoransky? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think it's that close, to be honest. I, I don't think the Eagles would take Skoransky at 10. I think I, that would they, be a trade If they down take to. Paris Johnson at 10, do they have him playing guard next year? Yes, yes. Um, he's got that versatility. Uh, yeah, I think Cam would be back to hey. We love you, but uh, take another Feel year. Feel free to sit next to uh, Kelsey. Gordon learn, learn from the soak up from, everything you learn can. from the goat. By the way, I meant to mention this, but obviously it's a big day, so I just want to leave you with this note. Twenty-six teams uh, started off-season work yesterday in the NFL. Five others got a weak head start because they had new head coaches. Only one team. Only one team. Starting April 24th, the Eagles kicked it back a week. Only one, only team in the NFL that hasn't started their offseason work. That should not surprise anybody because that has been the modus operandi for the last two years. And, hey, the results were what they were last year. Super Bowl appearance, uh, three points short, pretty damn good. Less is more when it comes to working out and practicing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Less is never more for the Philadelphia Eagles talk here on Birds 365. We do it every single day. We thank everybody who streamed in today. Hit the like button on the way out the door. We still got 400 and change you guys here. Do us a solid. Hit the like button. Johnny Mac, I'm back tomorrow. Are you? Yeah, let's do it. I don't think we're going to have quite as big a news, but maybe we'll talk about Paris Johnson tomorrow. Visiting. Paris Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, is that where the do the Eagles parachute? Get it? That's that's a joke. Uh, to Paris Johnson as their first-round draft pick. Uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. John, John McMullen and Jody McDonald right here tomorrow on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. 
You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.